Listening to the Tales from the Grip podcast. If you're gonna make a movie, then you need to get a grip. You need to get a grip. Welcome again for the first time, folks. This is Mr. Green, and you are listening to the Tales from the Grip. Maybe might be watching it, depending on if you're on YouTube. But this is the Tales from the Grip podcast, brought to you by the Colonel Goes Pop. And I have my, the, the the flavor that I've been looking for because I'm a spicy fan. I said that in the last episode. I'm saying it now because hey. Some of y'all might have seen me walking around town with a beer drinker shirt, but you can't have that without something spicy to pair off with it. And now I got something to do that with, with the Colonel Goes Pop Cheddar Sriracha, but it's not the only flavor that they got. You might have a sweet tooth. He's actually got caramel. He's got green apple caramel. And if you need something a little bit less spicy, Parmesan, garlic, uh, cheddar, white cheddar, and it's all done by kettle. This is not microwave stuff this is not the stuff that you got so you you got to go and go to this man's website the colonel goes popping you can recognize the colonel right there in the center he will sell you this in a nice resellable bag so it can stay nice and fresh for as long as you need it and you might actually be on the set with him one day you can see him walk up and give it to yourself so if you are looking for some good popcorn for your movie night go with the colonel goes pop and now on to the podcast. And remember, folks, for you indie promoters and producers, writers, directors, actors out there, if you're going to make yourself a movie where you need to remember to get you a grip. Ha! That was a good intro. Now we're talking to the professional today who's going to help you get yourself the information that you need to get into the door. Mr. Vaughn, some of y'all may be pestering him on the street as the actual colonel. And not Colonel as in K-E-R. We mean the Colonel as in K, let me C-O-L. I'm not going to spell and shoot so that I can lose my uh, spelling bee. So, Mr. Vaughn, how are you, sir? I'm good, brother. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I, I am fine. You know, off the air, you was talking that no matter what you've done, you know, and you've got many things under your belt, the thing that you remember for is being the Colonel. Yeah, yeah, and that's true too. And I'm pretty sure it's because we come on so much. We're in syndication. Actually, Meet the Browns uh, have been in syndication since September since September of 2010. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, wow. So we've been in syndication 12 years. You know, going on 12 years and everything. So yeah. So aside from all the work that I've done, you know, it's always. The colonel, you know. So, but I mean, it's all. It's a good thing. No, that's 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 a problem that a lot of people that's watch right now wish that they could have. <laughs> you know, I mean, people go. I don't know if it's, you would consider that a double edged sword. You know, last episode we was talking about. And in fact, speaking of the last episode, I had so much fun doing that the last time. Feels like I just did it ten minutes ago. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of a double edged sword. I was talking about that, you know, mm-hmm. the last go round about how typecast can be both. Uh, blessing and a curse, I guess, in some regards. Right. Uh, so I'm going to jump right off into it with you. We're going to hit the ground running here. Okay. Do, do you think that in your profession it works against more or, or to your favor to be recognized as this this character that, you, you know, on the plus you've done it so well mm-hmm. that people remember it? But on the other side of it, it's like, 
hey, he's the colonel. Right, right. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful, you know, in the public, you know, when the public say, okay, that's the colonel, da-da-da-da, regardless of whatever I've done. But now, on the other hand, when you're talking about producers who wants, let's say, to get, you know, they want this person for this particular role, and they said, well, he can't do it because, you know, he's the colonel, da-da-da. Fortunately, that has not happened to me, okay. you know, because, I mean, first of all, I come from theater, and actually Meet the Browns was the very first comedy I'd ever done. I'd never done comedy before. All of my stuff had been dramatic stuff, you know. So uh, so even with even when I was doing Meet the Browns, I was shooting a couple of other TV shows where, you know, one, one show was I, I was a judge, you know, Drop Dead Diva. That was one of the shows. And then there was another show I was doing, what was it, uh, uh, was it Stranger Things? I can't remember, but it, anyway, but it was totally different from the Colonel. So I'm glad that they look at me and they can see how versatile I can be and not just put me in a box because so many actors have been in a box and they could not get out of that box because nobody, no matter how talented they are, you know, when somebody look at them, it's like, no, that's so-and-so. You know, that, you know, you know, you know, we, he can't do this because he's so used to doing that, you know, so we don't want to even look at him or consider him, you know. It's, it's such a daunting thing to be that guy in the, in the world because it's been a lot of talented people, you know, over the years who kind of got locked into that. Now, I will say one thing I feel like you may have in your advantage is the, the birth of the technology. I mean, mm-hmm. it's... Again, it's a good and bad thing. TV is so widespread, mm-hmm. fractured in some cases. Mm-hmm. But you're not just depending on the broadcast network, the over-the-air broadcast or the cable network anymore, or even the top-tier digital cable That's networks. Right. Now you have streaming services, which are pushing hard to get a lot of original content in there. So mm-hmm. you have a lot of outlets that you know mm-hmm. some of your predecessors simply did not have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, is that, I don't know how um, deep in the weeds you are as far as the, the syndication where, you know, Meet the Browns and what have you is going, but have you heard anything, you know, through the grapevine, so to speak, of, hey, we, we're going to do a streaming show and we're going to get, you know, all you guys in and blah, 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 mm-hmm. or, you know, anything along those lines have you been approached or gone out for some of these other pop-up networks, I'll call it, like All Black, all due respect to All Black, mm-hmm. uh, and, and other things like that? Have, have you uh, ventured off into talking about or seeing it, if you have shows to participate in with those? Well, you know, I'm all over the place because I am an independent contractor, you know, so I don't work for no one particular, um, you know, um, producer, executive producer, um, I have, I have, I mean, I got shows that are running, that are streaming right now. I have shows that are on, uh, uh, what is it, um, um, Hulu, ah, okay. Hulu. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, it, it, again, because I'm all over the place, you know, I'm not pigeonholed. I'm not stuck in a box, you know, so... I mean, it's 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 um, and I lost my train of thought. I apologize for that. No, it's fine. I mean, look, I I can do that all the time too. <laughs> you get to talking about some of the stuff, and then you go off, and you know, I got a yeah. thousand side stories that yeah. take me elsewhere. Yeah. But uh, to address the audience, because who I like to try to uh, 
have these interviews for, of course, we want to talk about you, talk about your career and how you got to where you're going and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. But within that, I want to be able to get some of these people, some who are, you know, getting started, you know, they haven't taken that first baby step yet. Yeah, they may yeah. need to hear from you and, and, mm. you know, and your colleagues about some of the, the ups and the downs mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. happens. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is that you labeled yourself exactly what you do. You're an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. You go, you pretty much are in charge of your destiny as far mm-hmm. as that is concerned. Mm-hmm. But when you first got into this, mm-hmm. talk about when you decided that this is the route that you were going to take. Uh, I'm assuming because you said you did a lot of theater. Mm-hmm. Did you ever anticipate television with that, or or did you just hey I'm I'm, I'm good on the stage. This is where I want to be. I never anticipated being an actor. Really, that's something that had anybody in my early twenties ask, "What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Where do you want to go in life? Where do you want to end up?" I could have never told them because acting was never never in front of me. I. I'm just going to rewind for a minute and tell you exactly how I got into doing this thing. Okay. A friend of mine um, was an educator and her husband uh, was in politics and she did a lot of public speaking as well as he. Uh, She was attending an actor's workshop to build up her confidence in speaking in front of an audience, which is what so many people in different professions do. You know, because in an actor's workshop, they show you exactly how to use the tools that God gave you. Speaking of your body, your voice, your eyes, you know, just just everything. And so a lot of a lot of people, and especially attorneys, they'll go to these shops and every the workshops to to, um, you know, to see how they how they're going to perform in the courtroom as they do perform. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You know, and so I she I asked. You know, let me tag along with you. I went one night with her. I liked what I saw. I joined. Um, they were in the process of um, of auditioning their students for a play they were getting ready to do. And I auditioned, and I got one of the leading roles in it. And I'd never done anything like this before in my life. And in doing, I was scared to death, first of all. Like I said, remember, you got to look. I'm from the 60s, the 50s, and I was deep in the 70s, if you know what I mean. So you're talking about remembering stuff. I say, are you kidding me? But anyway, uh, there was a, a producer and director out in the audience, and they approached me after the, uh, after the show was over, and they asked me to audition for a show they were getting ready to do, and I did. And they cast me in one of the leading roles again. And every time I did something, somebody saw me. And that's how my career started. Wow. And uh, I was just mainly doing theater, doing theater. Matter of fact, I got my first agent doing my um, very big play down in Little Five Points, a theater called Seven Stages. Uh, but then I was doing so much theater and everything, and I, I loved doing it. That's really my home. You know, I love doing theater. But... But and, and, and at that time, this was uh, in the early 80s. And at that time, there were, you know, we had a couple of things coming through here and there, but we didn't really have any movies like they are now coming through here, no serious things. Uh, but then, of course, when the 90s came into play, you know, you had Heat of the Night and I'll Fly Away and another one called Savannah. And um, 
I tried my hand at that and realized, I say, well, I can do this too. And I kind of like that, although I like to pay, but I love the, 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 uh, the interaction with the, with the audience on stage. So in drifting from one to another, and of course, when everything went crazy here in Atlanta, you know, and my agents consistently shot me out there for auditions for different movies and television shows, eventually I started getting so much work, whereas I couldn't really do theater anymore, you know. And, but even though that's my home and I love doing it, but uh, long story short, you know, in reference to which one I like or don't, or which one I prefer, my preference would be theater. For the instant gratification. It's a, it's a different world. It's a totally different world. Instead of, you know, uh, working with a scene partner or scene partners and a camera, uh-huh. you know, you got that instant gratification. You got that. It's, it's, it's just a, it's just the feel that you're just actually touching somebody with your voice as well as your actions. You know, it's just a different world. And I, I love it. I love the theater. I, love, I wish I could do it. I wish a show would come along whereas I could do it, that, that I could say, yes, this is what I want to do. There are some out there, but I haven't, you know, I haven't had the time. I'll put it like that. Okay. Well, you know, it's funny because, again, you know, referencing a previous episode, uh, there seemed to be a lot of happenstance as a theme that took place there in, in the interview. And uh, I'm getting kind of a similar vibe here that you, hey, I, I'll tag along with you. Yeah, I might as well audition. Oh, well, you want me to be your thing? Sure. You mm-hmm. want me to be yours? Sure. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, that's not something that is, in, I guess, by and large considered a norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a lot of people that I'm sure that will be looking at this like, ah, oh, man, I Wish that I got I gotta go online and do these reads and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that in and of itself is amazing. Did it? But did it paint a false picture to you internally mm-hmm. about how easy it could be? Because again, there's a, there's you know your colleagues out there may not have that 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 kind of fortune. Mm-hmm. or skill for that matter mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to do what you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, did it? it Anyway, give you a, a false sense of how easy it was to I, get in and move around. You know, in the beginning, because I was getting so much work and I wasn't really having to bang on doors to get it, and people were coming to me, I was like, man, this is a piece of cake. <laughs> this is a piece of cake. You know, it's like they're coming to me. Uh-huh. I'm not going to them. Like I said, when I got my first agent in theater, you know, at that time, she was the, the largest agent in the South. And she came to me and said, I want to represent you. I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, uh, but, and I thought it was just easy, but it's not easy. It's not an easy road to try down. You know, acting a lot of people feel only thing you got to do is memorize lines, but it goes deeper than that. You know, you not only have to memorize lines, you have to be. It's not about acting the characters, becoming the, the person who you're portraying and everything, but it's a, it's a, it's, it's not easy. It's, it, acting is really hard, but it can be fun. It can be so much fun, and you can dive so deep into it, whereas you can forget who you are, but then at the same time, too, you can be so much closer to, let's say, falling over the edge and say, oh, I see what that's, I see where that is, so therefore I'm going to back up a little bit. And I'm enjoying the cool breeze here, if you understand what I'm saying. I, I understand. I, I enjoy the cool breeze and everything, and so... 
So yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I can do this. So it's not really, it's not really something that that's easy to do. You know, it is, it is not. And I'm not going to say or tell people, hey, look, if you want to act, it's an easy thing because it's not because you're going to get more disappointing times. You're going to get more demerits than merits. And, and you know, see, now again, I, I can't say that any better. It's, it's a harsh truth, but it's a truth nonetheless. It is, man. There, there are students out there who, some of which might have gotten into it for all the wrong reasons. I'm going to be rich and famous uh, but I mean, I like the way that you just phrased that. You, you're going to probably get more demerits than you are merits. And, and excuse me for cutting you off, but nope. you're absolutely right because you know, I, you know, I, I I do. I talk to a lot of people. And I, I remember just the other day I was at a at a middle school talking to the drama department, and I was asking a lot of the students in there, "Why do you want to be an actor? For what reason? You know." You know, some had some great answers and some did not. And I was saying, if you're not in it where you're, if your heart is saying, this is what I want to do, you know, and your mind is saying, yeah, this is what I want to do, then I say go for it. But if only you're saying, hey, look, I want to do this because I want to be rich. I want to do this because I want to be famous young men. I want to do this because I want to get all the ladies. and that, that, that. You're in it for the wrong reason. You're in it for the wrong reason. You might have a little fame here and there, but at the same time, if your heart is not in it, you know, you're not going to pour out all that God has given you. So you got to be in it. You know, your heart has got to be in it. Your mind has got to be in it. You got to be in it. Because if you're not in it for the right reason, it's best not be in it. And it's with any profession, I would say, you know. Oh, yeah, you, you need to appreciate, love, respect the work that you do. Regardless of the work that you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, whether that be acting or, you know, sweep, sweeping, street sweeping. You know, Absolutely. The case right. Easy for me to say. <laughs> uh, but uh, one thing I want to touch back on here, because your story actually puts me in mind of uh, a little bit of what Sherman Helmsley mm-hmm. Mr. Jefferson, mm-hmm. some of y'all out there, and some of y'all don't have a clue who that is <laughs> what I'm talking about right now, because <laughs> that's an old TV show. Uh, but Sir Helmsley was uh, picked out from a play. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think uh, Norman Lear caught with him in Pearly, saw his performance, That's My Mr. Jefferson. Mm-hmm. To the point that even when the show needed to have Mr. Jefferson there, they allowed him to finish up. They just put somebody else there as George Mm-hmm. who was later unveiled to be logging no, on that I'm his brother and, you know mm-hmm. he didn't want to be because he don't like white people you know right. that that type of thing but uh, I, I say all of that to, to to lean into some of your experiences that you never know hey who's out there watching you never know you and never know that role I can't remember the specific character that he played had nothing to do with who a George Jefferson was mm-hmm. but he saw through that his acting chops and got there. Now yes. we go to the other side of what we were talking about with the typecast. Mm-hmm. Because at some point in time after playing this character for 11 years on one show and probably two or three on the other, uh, when All in the Family was there and then he transitioned over to the next thing. Mm-hmm. That's what the world, it didn't matter what he did past that point. It was George Jefferson. Everybody knew Miss George Jefferson. That, that's true, too. That's true. But the biggest part about, again, in playing plan a character that, that the public so love, as well as the studio loves and everything, 
It could be great on all hand. It, it, you know, it can not be not so great. But the thing about it is them being able to see the versatility that you have, whereas people can say, OK, you know, that that was George Jefferson right there. Wow. He looked like George Jefferson, but that's somebody else and so forth and so on. You know, give you give you an example like um, Denzel, say, for instance, you know, he's such a versatile and wonderful actor. You know, you know, he can play. Let's give you an example. Malcolm X. He was Malcolm X. You can look at him and say that was Malcolm X right there. But then you can look at him in another and say, well, that was so so unfortunate. But he was so good at it. Whereas you forgot he you knew he did good work in, in all of the production that he's done. But at the same time, too, he convinced you in every production that he was somebody else where you will remember him as Malcolm X. You will also remember him as so forth and so on. And, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Instead of being placed in a box, whereas they said, well, he can be only Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you know, when we're looking for somebody to be, let's say, uh, a Muslim or militant or whatever the case may be, we're going to look at him, you know. Instead of saying, no, he can do this, he can do that, he can do that, he can do that, he can do that. And that's the thing right there. It's a wonderful thing, but then on the other hand, you know, when, when, when you do a character so great, and I'm going to throw another one out here, uh, Jaleel White. I, I just was talking about him. Jaleel, Jaleel White, <laughs> Jaleel White. You know, uh, when you look at Jaleel White, the first thing you think about is Urkel. Yes. You know, you think about Urkel, and I can't, actually, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't. I don't recall him being in much. Much else. No. Now I can't say that I have seen him in other things. Yeah, I've seen him in other he, things, but, but I can't. But yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you the profession sure. that he played, not necessarily the character. Sure, sure. So, so yeah, he's as you say, he was somebody who got kind of lodged into being this mm-hmm. character, and and I know some of that was because it was so huge. Sure, it was a grand thing, and I mean, and. You made that network millions of dollars. That's right. You know, but to get out of being recognized or mm-hmm. referred to as, you know, mm-hmm. is is very difficult. Mm-hmm. The one thing I think that he had that a Sherman Hill was it did not mm-hmm. is well, two I guess. A is that he grew out of it to the point that he almost couldn't play it anymore. Mm-hmm. And B, if anyone ever offered him to be that character in some other variation. He clearly hasn't taken it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Sermon, in an interview of his own, he's like, when I got Amen, the show that he did following that, mm-hmm. and they described it to him, he's like, in, turn, in his mind, it's like, they want George Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they want him, but in a, you know, just in a different environment. That's right. That's right. So, That's right. <laughs> well, so. you know, you know, when I remember when we, when we rapped on Meet the Browns and my agent would send me um, auditions for military guys and everything. I said, well, you know, I like this. I said, but I'm not going to get stuck like that. We're not going to do that, you know? So a lot of them I turned down. I turned down. As a matter of fact, I can't really remember uh, another character that was, you know, from the military or in the military that I've done since Meet the Browns. You know? specifically for you to avoid being lodged as that guy because it can easily happen when somebody likes your character you know and they i mean it loves your character mm-hmm. you know they like i want him to. so in other words it's the same thing it's like taking you out of this production but using you in another production as the same character it's like no <laughs> no no we, we're not gonna go that way you know 
So uh, that's why I'm like, you know, I, I, re I remember there's a couple of shows I did where one of the shows I did where I um, I was killed. I'm like, uh. I've been killed on a lot of shows, you know. He's like, well, you want, we want to kill somebody. How Tony Vaughn? We'll kill him. <laughs> You know, you know, but let's, uh, let's rub him out. Yeah, we'll rub him out. You know, we'll, we'll hire him, but then we'll kill him. Yes. You know, uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, but my character was so different from well, all of my characters really has been so different from the Colonel and Meet the Browns. You know, like I said, Meet the Browns was the first comedy I've ever done. Well, now again, uh, you know, and I, I don't want to harp on too much, but I, I do know that there's you know in my mind, I'm thinking some people out there that. Really want to hear it because that that what you described is a acting pitfall, mm -hmm. uh, and you've clearly done a good job avoiding that pitfall. You you saw it was there in your path, and you managed to mm -hmm. like I'm not going. Let me go around this. Mm -hmm. But how I mean, how difficult it is because it's not just as easy as I know. Some people are like, well, I'll never do that. But when people start talking numbers and show lead, I mean, it's it's almost like they won't let you not be the person if, if you know, like you said, it's very easy to fall into, mm -hmm. well, he's not the colonel, but I, I'll play the general the one time, you know? Well, you know, you know, I, uh, I've been doing this right now for 41 years, mm -hmm. okay? And I've often said, if God never blesses me with another role, God has been good to me. Okay. So if it's something that I believe in, if it's something I'm standing on, if I don't want to do it, I'm just not going to do it. And, you know, my agent can get mad at me, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to do it because, like I said, this, this business has been extremely great to me. God has been awesome. He's opened so many doors for me as well as closed so many doors behind me. And so uh, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not. I'm just not. I mean, I'm right now. I pick and choose what I want and what I don't want. So I've turned. I've turned down so many auditions. It's crazy, because it's like no, no. Good. You know, I got. I got friends of mine. It's like, it's like, man. You know, I haven't had but two auditions this month. It's like, brother, I get at least four a week. You know, but it's I choose what I want and what I don't want. You know, give an example. Um, this last uh, episodic I did, which was called Women of the Movement. Uh, Women of the Movement, of course, was about Mamie Till uh, starting a movement from uh, the horrific things that happened to her son, Emmett Till. Yes. When I saw that uh, character and everything, I immediately saw that character. I saw that character. I saw the way the man looked. Even though I had not seen his picture, I saw the way the man talked, even though he was not really a person that spoke a lot with it verbally. You know, he spoke with his presence. And uh, and I knew, I said, that's what I want to do. That's the person I want to play. And God blessed me with that role. But see, that's what I'm saying. I'm selective now opposed to I was so I'm still hungry, but I'm selective on what I eat. You feel me? Opposed, you know, you know, compared to back in the day. Instead of taking everything that they put in front of you, it had his pizza. It was a hot dog. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm just going to eat it all up. Yeah. All up. But, <laughs> but back in the day, you know, because we didn't have a whole lot coming through here, you know, we were grabbing everything we could grab and everything. But right now, you know, it's a, it's a different world. It's a different game. It's a different. 
it's a different everything, you know. Again, like I think I said earlier, we have studios north, east, south, and west of, of our great state here. I never thought I'd see that there. I know I don't think nobody did. So for right now, you know, it's uh, you know, you you if whatever is for you is for you. And nobody can stand in front and say, I'm grabbing this. It's for you. If God said your name is on this, it's for you. So that's what get that's a game. That's why I'm so selective right now on the things that I do, the roles that I take and also the the avenues that I try down. Well, you know, that that you have the ability to do that is phenomenal, really. Yeah. Again, I know, you know there are people who like, I, like you just said it. Some mm-hmm. of your your colleagues, mm-hmm. two in a month, mm-hmm. you know, opposed to you getting like, oh yeah, I just had like three of them this week alone, or you know, whatever the case may be, and mm-hmm. and to to be able to say. Yeah, yeah, you know, not that one. Mm-hmm. No, not that. You know, to, to be able to do that is is great. Yeah. Where out there in student land, or you know, the actors' void, or whatever you want to call it, and there's some people that that are wishing that they could turn stuff away. I guess the best way I can say is some have almost convinced themselves that I have to take. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this, and it gives a lot of leverage against them. Yeah. That's how some people wind up doing roles that they ain't necessarily like. Well, see, you know, when, when, when you want to work and you know you love what you're doing and everything, and especially those who are trying to get their feet wet mm. or their feet has not been wet in a while, you know, they will grab that. And, and that's understandable. I'm, you know, I'm not talking against that or nothing. I'm just saying this is the way I am. You know, and again, it's not always been this way back in the day because, well, back in the day, it was, it was mostly theater anyway, because the bulk of my career has been theater, uh-huh. you know. And so, um, but, uh, but you know, when you get to a point in life where you feel that you've supped a lot at the table and, and uh, you know, you say, well, right now, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat this three-course meal. Well, this three-course meal is in front of me. I might not eat all of it. Uh, uh, I'll just eat a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. And I think I'm a pass on the dessert. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you know, is is that that point right now where I say, well, I think I'm a pass on the dessert, you know, but I'm going to eat a whole lot of this right here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got you. Now, uh, I watched a, a documentary once. Um, uh, I think it was on Roger Corman. Mm-hmm. Within that documentary, Jack Nicholson has been interviewed, and he basically said he had his moment, his aha. Mm-hmm. Like he said, I was in the theater watching it when I knew that I had made it, mm-hmm. because he had, up until that point he had done a lot of low budget movies. This that, and he, he was working. He did a, bun, a bunch of mm-hmm. movies, a lot of which probably will never see the light of day again mm-hmm. because the old Roger Corman movies. But when he did Easy Rider. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that's like, he said, I heard the audience gravitate towards yeah. me. I was right there. Now I say all of that to say this. Did you, ha- have you had that moment where he's like, I saw this thing that I did and I knew that was the thing. That was the one. That was my aha. When I was doing theater, you know, I, like I've worked in nearly every theater in Atlanta as well as other places. And I was recognized a lot, you know, locally. Mm-hmm. 
when Tyler Perry cast me as the colonel in Meet the Browns, uh, I had buddies that say, man, you're getting ready to be famous. And, you know, it's like, no, 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 you know. It wasn't until, I believe, because uh, we did five seasons, it wasn't until, I believe, our fourth season, third or fourth season, when I seen that I could not walk down the street without somebody recognizing me or going anywhere for that matter. And I started thinking, like, this is wild. And then it got to a point where jobs were just coming and coming and coming and coming. And I just thank God. I'm like, God, you answered my prayers. My uncle told me something he said, when you first started acting, and I don't remember this, he said, when you first started acting, he said, you told me and your mother that you one day, your name will be a household name. I was like, really? He said, you said that when you first started acting. I was like, wow. To be known or recognized wherever you go. I, I was out of the country several times, and the same thing, with people running up and running up there. And that, when, that's when it occurred to me that God actually answered my prayers. I am known, and this is my aha moment, but trust me, I don't take any of this lightly because the same person that was back in 1981 who first started acting, you know, is the same person. The only difference is I'm older, you know, a little bit more knowledge, and also, too, you know, um, I'm more thankful. I recognize I'm sp I've spiritually grown. You know, I spiritually matured. So the aha moment, yes, but at the same time, as far as being all like this, no. Because I know who orders my steps. You're not walking out with your chest puffed out, none of that. There's, you know, I've had, and this is really funny here, I've had people to accuse me of not being who I am. So, so. <laughs> give you an example. I was uh, over uh, Camp Creek Parkway. Mm -hmm. There's many episodes, but there, I'll, I'll use this one in particular. It was three sisters. I was in the store. And these three sisters was in there, and they kept looking. One, two of them kept looking at me. And so they eventually came up to say, are you the colonel from Meet the Browns? And I said, yeah. And the, uh, and the other sister said, girl, look, that ain't no colonel for me to brown tea. He wish he was. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was hilarious and everything, you know. But the biggest part about it is it was a wonderful thing that they loved me enough. Because when somebody loves you and they want to show their love to you by expressing it through through a hug or or verbalizing and everything. That's a wonderful thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I reciprocate. I, you know, my, my wife tell me, Tony, you're just too nice and everything. I said, but the thing about it is, they don't have to do that. They don't have to love on me like that. If I'm not, if I'm in a position, I'm in a hurry and I cannot, you know, stand and talk with them or take a picture with them or give them an autograph or anything, I'll just give them a hug and say, next time I will. Uh -huh. You know, I'm not just gonna brush them off like I know a lot of my colleagues do. And I don't. I, I look at it like this here. You can be up here one day. You can wake up in the morning, get out of bed, have a freak accident, and everything changes. 
Yeah. Everything changes. So I have to be who I am, you know, and I have always been this way. I will never be a person that will shun anybody. You know, if they if they recognize me or don't recognize me, you know, I'm, I'm just that type of person. I'm a very approachable person. I love people. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> very easy to talk to, very easy to get along with. Yeah. And, and willing to impart your experiences and knowledge towards, you know, as much as I can. And, and the viewers, you know. <laughs> as much as I can. Well, when you have done it and you continue to do it, stage and screen, yeah. you know, small and big, that accounts for a lot because you, you, you have people who are. I used the term baby steps earlier, mm-hmm. that they are, you know, trying to, where do I go? What do I do? Mm-hmm. How do I, mm-hmm. how does this work? How mm-hmm. do I get there? I want to go to work for Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure you've come across enough people enough to be able to say that there's a probably a thousand rights mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe one big wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there, there's multiple paths to get to the where, but... You can you can express yours, then you know. Hopefully, somebody can get a get some information and and, and some motivation off of what you've done, and mm-hmm. and and perhaps follow your footsteps. Who knows? Well, so. the biggest part is about being truthful to who you are and what you want. You know, so many times we can say, "I want what I want," but God will give us what we need. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, I don't push the envelope. Some people do. I don't. It's a personal choice. You know, a lot of people say, well, look, you know, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get where I want to be. Well, I always look at it like this here. We want what we want when we want it, but God will give us what we need when it's time. You know, we can say, I want this today, you know, and you can push and push and push. And why is this not happening? Why am I not getting this? Because it's not time. So you just have to be patient, you know. Patience is the greatest virtue, and people have to recognize that because if they don't recognize that, the one thing they will do is they can step out of their lane and push their, their blessings further back. You know, you have to stay in your lane and continue to go forward, but go forward in his name. And I preach, I'm preaching a lot, you know, you know go forward, you know, and everything because I, I, I say that because that's what I believe. I believe. So, you know, those out there who, who feel that they want what they want, they are talented. They feel that they're not getting the break that they need. Just hold on. Just keep on pushing. But stay in your lane. Don't get out of your lane. In other words, don't, don't, don't uh, dismiss who you are because of what you want. So many people will sell their souls to get what they want. And in the end, they're still not going to get everything. You know. So why even uh, get out of your lane and do that, you know, it's sacrificing your blessings as well as your God. You know, why do that? Stay in your lane. God, is he's got you. You just got to hold on. You know, so many times I know when people, a lot of brothers and sisters who started out with me in theater and everything, and, and they, you know, they stopped, you know, acting because things just were not turning for them as they wanted. But at the same time, too, you know, they decided because they stopped, they decided when it because it wasn't happening, they were accepting things that was against their character. And because it was against their character and everything, they got frustrated and they quit. You know, 
Stay in your lane. If you believe in yourself, if you believe in your abilities, if you believe in your talent and you believe in your God, stay in your lane because it's closer than you think. I always do use this right here. I say, you ever been, um, you've been driving somewhere and you didn't know where you were going. Your navigation system stopped working. And then all of a sudden it starts raining. It gets dark and you get scared. And then all of a sudden you say, I'm just going back to common ground. Before you hit the highway, you stop at a service station, say, for instance. And um, you ask the attendant, say, look, man, look, I was looking for Smith Street. You know, I was right down there by Jackson Street and I just can't find Smith Street. So I'm just going to go on. He said, look. If you had gone one more block, you'd have been there, but you turned around. That's my point. You're closer to your blessing than you know. You can't turn around. You just got to keep on going. It's going to be hard. It's going to be rough. The wind's going to be blowing hard. It's going to be thundering. It's going to be lightning. It's going to be raining. But you can't turn around because eventually the sun will shine through. I think he just gave us the, the clip. That needs to be brought out so somebody can watch that one little thing over and over. <laughs> that, that might be that teachable, preachable moment that they, they can latch on to. Yeah. I mean, you're here in a city of, of many, many helpfuls. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that sounds exactly like, you know, the thing that they have to hear because, again, you're, you're having to muddle through, you're having to get the one audition to the next, you're having to do the low budget thing or mm -hmm. what, what have you or stuff that may not be as uh, exciting as they envisioned. You're having to go through all of those things, mm -hmm. but you know their particular Smith Street could be around the corner. Around the corner, but she's like, nah, I'm, I'm just gonna go this way. In other words, I'm gonna compromise. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna compromise and get this. When you didn't have to, you were closer to your blessing than you realized. And so that's the thing right there. And that's the advice I give so many because you know, if you feel that it's in you to do, if you feel God is ordering your steps and everything, just hold on. Just hold on, oh ye of little faith. <laughs> you see, you in the right You might need to be in the pool pit somewhere. Oh, I've been there. Oh, okay. Uh, is this legit or is this the, the roll? Yeah, roll. Oh, okay. <laughs> but the thing about it is, of course, you don't have to be in a pool pit in order to be a minister. No, you don't. Uh, you know, so, so yeah. So, but yeah. But yeah, man, I, it's, it's, just a, it's just a wonderful thing to be able to talk to somebody who is, let's say, in the business or want to be in the business to kind of like say, hey, look, you don't have to sell your soul to get what you want. Just trust. Just trust. You know, if you trust in God like you say you do, he's got you. It might not come when you want it, but hold on. Just hold on. You know, well, you know I, I think you've, you've delivered a theme that we, we should address here uh, because you, you're right now you're talking to that person who is probably beat down. Yeah. The, first, let's let's before I go into that person, whoever he or she may be, the industry in and of itself can be fantastic and it can be cruel. It can, you know, it can be given, and it can take stuff away from you. Mm -hmm. How have you managed to get yourself through the, I don't want to say the, the entity. Mm -hmm. I was going to say monster, but that's not fair. Mm -hmm. so, so how have you been able to maneuver yourself through the entity? Because you sound 
very, very grounded in that this is not going to define, beat down, change my, my given path, et cetera, et cetera. You, you sound like you've got laser focus on what your goal is. How did you get yourself to that? The, the biggest part about it is it's not having thin skin. You can't have thin skin in this business because this business will pick you up, throw you down, kick you, pick you up again, body slam you, spit on you. It'll do the whole nine yards too. You cannot have thin skin, you know. And being in this business as long as I've been in it, you know, I've learned to recognize that. I t- give an example. In the early days when I was doing theater, it's like every role that I auditioned for, I got. And it was usually a leading role. I got, you know, and when I uh, all of a sudden didn't get a role that I really wanted, it's like, wait a minute, they made a mistake. Uh, is my phone still working? What's going on? <laughs> you know, you know, and, 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 and then I realized it's like, wait a minute, just because it's something you want, it doesn't necessarily mean that this is something you're supposed to have. You know, you know, just because you were turned down on this role, that just means that God's got something bigger for you. So you just have to have thick skin in order to survive in this business, because if not, you will end it. Give you a, an example. And, you know, I really oh, it's just so sad. This brother. It's been two years now. This brother that I know, he used to be an, uh, a wrestler, and then he became an actor, you know, from a pretty well, well uh, off family. Very good guy, very good actor, and everything. He was up for a main role in this huge feature film. They said, okay, we're putting you on hold. Don't do nothing, don't go nowhere, still for the sewing. He said, okay. The next day, you know, he was released. And then they called back to the agency. Wait a minute, now, we're still trying to make a move. We're still trying to see whether or not we want to use them. Okay, we're putting them on hold again. Then they released him again. And then they put him on hold again. And he just got so tired. He just got so tired and everything. He committed suicide. And about three or four days after he committed suicide, they called and said they wanted him. This business can be so cruel. You got to understand it and you got to also believe in yourself as well as believe in your heavenly father. Because, again, he blessed us. He he, he gave us this talent. He he made us in the whole nine yards. And and, you know, it's, it's uh, again, this this business can be so cruel and you cannot help their skin in order to survive. You got to have thick skin. And that's the way I've survived all these years, with thick skin. I've seen my ups, I've seen my downs, and I know whenever I'm down, I know that God's got something greater for me, and it's on its way. I don't know when it's coming, but it's on its way. So it's about having that faith, it's about believing in yourself, and also believing in the talent that you have. Because if if people recognize you, want you, they're gonna get you. If that role is for you, you're gonna get it. If that role is not for you, give an example. If I, if I audition for something that I really want, and I have auditioned for, for things that I really and truly wanted, I was up for a role in this feature film that they're shooting right now. I'm not going to tell you the name of it. They're shooting right now, but I was up for the lead. Yeah, we want to cause no problem. Yeah, yes, I was up for the lead role and everything, you know, and I knew I had it. I knew I had it, 
And then I was released and everything. And I told my wife, I said, you know what? I said, you know why I didn't get that role? She said, why? I said, because it wasn't for me. It was for the person that got it, you know? And see, you know, and, and, and you have to think like that in order to survive because if you don't think that way, you drive yourself crazy. You will drive yourself crazy. You think it's not about you. You know, you got to look at it like this here. If you audition for one role, you're not the only person auditioning for that one role. You got a ton. Give you another example. When I auditioned for the role of uh, the colonel on Meet the Browns, yeah. they did a statewide search for a colonel. They, ha they had the full cast. They had another colonel that was doing it. They shot 10 episodes. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. So they had to recast the colonel. So they did a statewide, and I went to this audition. I saw all my buddies there, and people from out of town, da 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 da. Excellent actors, excellent actors. But God had my name on it. And not saying that I was better than them, it's just that God had my name on that role. Simple as that. This is the role that was meant for you. Yeah. Now, it, now we just, well, you just talked about the, the industry being tough and hard and having to have a thick skin. Mm -hmm. Just talking about somebody who's, who was playing the Colonel. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, you know, for him, or I mean, or maybe for it, depending on how you look at it, mm -hmm. didn't work out in that favor. But that's that's a, a industry standard. Mm -hmm. You get cast in something, and you may not necessarily be the one that goes on to the serious version of Absolutely. that, or whatever the case be. And and as you said, that that could be a very deflating moment. Sure, sure. You know, but your advice in this instance is. I guess some people put it as the don't the don't take it personal thing. Mm -hmm. You can't don't internalize that. So like, what's wrong with me? Why did not I get it? Mm -hmm. Did I not look? Did I not act good enough? Or whatever the case may be. You, I'm, I'm translating to some degree, but I'm saying that that you're kind of putting out there. Don't don't drag all that into you. If don't it, internalize that. Right. If if you did not get it, mm -hmm. God didn't have your name on that. And I and you just. Boy. That's it. That's it. Next. <laughs> Next. Oh, okay. I didn't get that. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> a buddy of mine told me this story. He was saying that, and he's an excellent actor as well. <laughs> we were on our way to Florida for a callback. A callback, of course, is a second audition. And so we were on our way to Florida. We were driving and everything, you know. And so we, we were just telling stories about different auditions and, you know, works that we've done and so forth. And he was—he told me this story, and it was so funny. He's like, "Man, I auditioned for this movie." He say, and the guy was like, "I love you. Don't change. Do not shave. Do not cut your hair. I want you to stay." He's like, "Okay." And so, uh, about a week later, uh, he called the agent. He said, "Ali, uh, because we had the same agency at the time." He said, uh, "Have you heard anything?" He's like, "Not yet." He said, "Okay." Told his wife, baby, we getting ready to pay off these bills. We getting ready to do this and da 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 da. You know, second week. Have you heard anything? No. Third week, uh, you've been released. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and I mean, he has started making plans, baby. We're gonna pay off this. We're gonna pay off that. We're gonna take a because he was gonna be one of the leads on a feature film. We're gonna do our thing, you know. But uh, but that's the thing right there. Again, you know, you can't not do that. When they put you on hold and everything, they're putting you on hold for a reason. They're putting you on hold because 
They're looking at you. They're looking at him. They're looking at him. They're looking at him. So they're just trying to decide which one. <laughs> Making sure that you don't go anywhere before we want you to go. Right, somewhere. right, right. So if, if we decide we want you, we want to make sure you're going to be there. You know, so don't go out of town or accept another role. So, but I mean, I mean, that's the nature of the business. You got to, in order to, in order to survive in the business, you got to understand the business. Ah, see, now there, there we go. That, that another little gem, little nugget being dropped down. Yeah. You know, again, you know, th- these are the things that they need to know, need to hear, because how many times have you, you know, seen actors deflated because ooh, they walked ooh. into the audition, felt like they killed it, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, walked out. Or, or again, in your situation, a colonel that exists, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they look at it again, it's like, you know, that's not exactly what we want anymore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. it's, it's, it, 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 it can definitely, um, <laughs> it can definitely crush your ego. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, especially when you, you do a pilot episode, you cast for that, you assume. I, I guess the the more recent thing that people might be able to identify with out there watching, you know, depending on the age. I, I'll give age-appropriate examples to you that's out there so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Bel Air, mm-hmm. which is now airing on Peacock. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, on Peacock. Uh, but one of my friends was not aware that that was a, a YouTube short. So this, well, it's on YouTube. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say it originated there, but mm-hmm. the original version of that was uploaded there mm-hmm. with an entirely different cast. Mm-hmm. None of which are on that series right now. And, you know, you have to feel like, man, I, I, I helped get this going. And, you know, why not me? I could have played, you know what I mean? Right, and, right, right. And they, but for network purposes, it might not have been the creator's choice anymore. They might have said, we need somebody that looks a little bit closer to him. That's right. And then your original cast is sorry, but mm-hmm. let's get some some other people ahead. The, the other example I was going to give going back, and I'll, uh, I'll do the Jeffersons thing again. And this is one that's lost to time, is the original Tom and Helen Willis, mm-hmm. which they appeared on All in the Family. Mm-hmm. Different different actors mm-hmm. playing these the same roles mm-hmm. for an event that have basically got erased mm-hmm. because you know I think Lionel got married to Jenny, right. the daughter of the Willises in that episode, and that was the first time George had realized, oh my God, she's half white, right, know? right, right, right. But but you know, getting back to the point, being when they moved those characters out of there, that essentially no longer took place and now you have a different set of actors who are now playing this role. Which is not uncommon. It happens no, all the not, time. Not uncommon. Yeah. yeah. And, and which ropes back to your point, you can't be thin-skinned because of that. Because right. that could hurt. Mm-hmm. That could hurt your feelings. It could hurt the bruise the ego. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it could make you feel like, oh, well, why? And you can have the, the you know, if, you're, if your ego gets in the way, and you say, for instance, go off, then all of a sudden, you're blackballed. <laughs> you, know? you know, it can easily happen. It can easily, I know some brothers who have been blackballed, and yeah. It's, Even now, with, with yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. It's, it's, you would think they'd have so many outlets, but even now, they, they can really oh, cut, they you can. Out, cut you out by the legs. If they don't want you, they don't have to take you, because they got too many choices. Well, that's true. Now, that, mm-hmm. that's another, you know, and you keep hitting on these points that I want to address mm-hmm. because 
half of that goes back to what you said, you can't have thin skin. The other one is, is what you just said. The second was they, they, they got so many choices. Mm -hmm. It's too many people out here mm -hmm. that want what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm. When you're dealing with that, we gotta find a way to weed you out. Right? Why? Why we? Why should we have to put up with what you're bringing to the table? We we don't have to. That's, I got a whole lot of people out there waiting to take you up space. And guess what? I'm gonna entertain them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they will do it. They will do it, and everything. You know. And it's and you know and and again, it's sad when 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 people feel that you know you know I'm the chosen one. I'm the golden child, you know, so therefore I'm irreplaceable. You cannot replace me. Why? Because I'm so talented. Why? Because I got it going on. You better well, think again. Well, life has proven that uh, you're not irreplaceable. You are not irreplaceable. Granted, there are portions of time where it's very difficult to remove an individual from a certain thing. Yeah. But I guess Roseanne transitioning to the Connors is maybe the most recent example somebody might have as to you're not quite as irreplaceable as you may have thought oh, yeah. you were. Oh, yeah. Because when oh, yeah. they can take the lead out of a series and that series keep on trucking. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, because you got some talented writers out there and producers. So, yeah, you know. Found a way to keep it moving. That's right. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, but, but, you know, what I'd like to ask now is to share, uh, you've gone through numerous castings. You, you've dealt with the walking into the casting room and seeing these people at the table and somebody standing on the side of you giving you a cold read that you may not be able to necessarily get the energy off of and, and things like that. Uh, when you Do you have a process when you are going into something like this? Because <laughs> I, I hate to keep using the term, but it, I've said it before, I have to say it now, it could be a very daunting thing when you're an, an actor and you're walking into this environment and you're, you know, the three people standing across, sitting at a table, okay, name, you're going to be reading for so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. uh, how did you, first off, did you ever have a problem with it? Because, you know, you seem like you've been so easygoing, it might not even have been an issue for you. You might have just walked in, okay, what I'm doing, all right, all right great. Well, you know, one of the things that I, because I do, you know, did come from theater when I started auditioning for television and film, as well as commercials, um, what I did was I, first of all, looked at my character, see what my character was all about, you know, and I got in that zone. So when I walk in a room and I see the panel there and everything, they're there. I just see bodies. That's all I see. And so because what I'm doing is what I'm supposed to do in reference to my character. If I go in there and I want to talk like this, or I want to act like this, or I want to look a certain way or have a certain dress on or whatever the case may be, you know, that's it. So they don't even matter to me, hmm. you know? So, because I, I think, again, like I said earlier, it's not about acting. Mm -hmm. It's about being. You don't act the role, you become the character. You become the character. That was a, a book that um, when I, f I first got into acting um, that I was advised to read, and I advise other actors to read as well, especially the newbies, uh, called Respect for Acting by Udo Hagen. And uh, that book right there, it, it gives you so much about how an actor is supposed to be, what an actor is supposed to act, I mean, how an actor is supposed to uh, become 
you know, project and just just a number of things, just just some serious food that you can eat, you know. Uh, and so and that's the thing right there. So when I walk into a room and right now it's, it's different right now from back in the day. Right now, you know, you you you're going before a camera. You're not going into a room with the with the cast there. Uh, that's 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 gone. That's gone. You you you're now being put on on uh, tape right now. Uh, you know, you get somebody to put you on tape. But back in the day when we were doing that in front of I tell you one of the most relaxed relaxed. I was relaxed anyway, but one that did not try to uh, um, 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 not try to um, the word I'm trying to use I can't think of it uh, intimidate you uh, was a Denzel audition for Denzel for the movie remember the movie The Great Debaters yes and I auditioned for it and I had a callback and they said audition, uh, he was going to be at the callbacks because he was directing as well as uh, you know starring in it and so I went in there, you know, ready to do my thing and everything. He said, no, 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 let's, let's talk for a minute. <laughs> and we started talking, and I almost forgot what I was there for because the brother was so relaxed. He was so cool, so calm, and I felt like I was talking to one of my boys. And when I auditioned and everything, you know, you know, I did my thing and everything, and he liked my audition. I didn't get the role, but... The brother was so sweet. You know what he did? What's that? Had his people to call my agent and tell my agent, I love Tony Vaughn's uh, audition. He didn't have to do that. That don't happen. They don't do that. But he did that. But I don't even think about who is in front of me or what their status is and everything. Once I'm in my zone, I'm in my zone. If, I, if I'm supposed to be a, a minister... If I'm supposed to be a colonel, you know, I go in as that. Uh -huh. And so I don't see that. I, I know bodies are there, but that's all I know. So you, you're you not going to intimidate me by just there because they, they put on some poker faces in there. I, <laughs> oh, my God. I, I can. Uh, <laughs> the photos that they did it, I know that they did put yeah. on some poker faces. Oh, there. yeah. They certainly, I'm sure by hour two or three, uh, no longer engaged as they might have been originally mm -hmm. it, it, just, it just turned into words that I'm listening to until that person walks in that blows them away or something away. like that yep. I only had to do casting once and that it, I will say on the other side of the coin uh, there is a respect that you learn for it after you sit down and you have to listen to it over and over and over and over and over, right, and over again. Right, right. <laughs> you, you just, you're just waiting on that one person that walks in that can blow you away. Yep. Because yep. if, you, if you got 100 people, probably 70 of them are going to sound completely the same. 10 shouldn't even be there. Oh, yeah. You know, another 10 are going to be pretty good. Yeah. You know, you get down to five out of excellent. Mm -hmm. or mm hmm Mm -hmm. Another four that's above average and one that's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's the that's the way it is. I mean, you just you just never know. But I, I tell you again, I uh, I try as much as I can to be on my A game whenever I'm auditioning, you know, and try to be in that zone, be exactly who it is I'm I'm auditioning to be, you know. Now, you know, another thing is that you brought up the. Uh, Studios that are, that are here, something that hadn't been here for a long oh, time. No, no, not at all. You know, how has that changed the game as far as 
you're concerned towards yourself, towards the actress that's there, or, or I should say that's here. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there was a point where it it, it almost felt like Atlanta kind of unfairly got the uh, <laughs> carried, began to carry the weight of well, we're the we're the town for you know the mm-hmm. indie world and Black Hollywood, and mm-hmm. you know is is that a fair assessment? And did those extra studios pop ahead change the game for you? Well, you know, because when you have a, a um, plenty of anything, you know, you of course you have a choice here and there, but of course you can't have a choice if your, let's say, agent is not sending you to these places. It's a wonderful thing to be able to have, you know, studios all over, like I said, Northeast, West, and South. It's a wonderful thing because right there, there's an opportunity for if this, let's say, if this studio is not hiring me, you know, then there's a possible chance I can go to this one. It's great to have a choice. Yeah. So this is it's a wonderful thing that we do have now a choice and we have so many places where we can go and work. Give an example, this assistant's gonna be she's building a um studio out in Lithonia, mm-hmm. Lithonia, Georgia, uh this black lady, and she's doing that and I think that's that's I think that's gonna be ready in a couple of years, I believe. But the biggest part about it is here now is another opportunity. You know, there's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for, for uh, you know, your, your grips. Yes, it's an opportunity for everybody. You know, it's not, okay, I, I worked at this studio. I work at this studio. I work at this studio. So instead of having just one, one choice, you know, and, you know, because if one studio is hiring, give an example, when I was working on, um, there was a show called Drop Dead Diva. Did you ever remember that show? Is that one where the lady got reincarnated? Yes, yes. Okay. Well, I played a judge on that show. I played a judge on that show. And the studio, we were shooting down in uh, uh, Peachtree City. That's where we shot at, in Peachtree City. And so, you know, that was, and at that time, we didn't really have what we have right now. And so here it is, we, you know, so when you got on that show right there, it's like, yes, this is great. Because, you know, because at that time, again, I was doing Meet the Browns, yeah. you know. So it's like we get shooting at this thing and we got that right there. It's like, oh, man, we're working. We had a couple of he- others here and there. But, uh, but it was just a wonderful thing to know that we had all these things popping up. And now, because you got so many studios that have popped up and everything, it's just a wonderful feeling. You know, because there's now opportunities for so many people. You know, your lighting designer, your stage, your set designer, whole it's just an opportunity for work for everybody. Now, you know, that it is a big opportunity. But the road that leads to those individual opportunities uh, can get a little narrow. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So it's, it's like it, it provides more opportunity, but then it also becomes debate by which the opportunity. <laughs> the opportunities start to narrow because right. everybody's converging toward this one thing. Right. Uh, when Tyler Perry Studios was built, that became the thing that everybody converged to. Sure. Uh, almost to the point that just being an extra, what are they, 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 a featured extra is what they called it. Mm-hmm. It became the badge of honor mm-hmm. for you know a lot of actors that came sure. in. That sure. I was I was a featured extra in the Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. show, mm-hmm. movies, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But that getting into a studio environment is not an easy thing to do right. in, in most cases. Now, if you have an agent that can help maneuver and, and do that, but for that 
indie actor or something like that is what what's their route? What's what's the the path that they do to uh, to get that? It, it, is there any advice for them when they're trying to follow your footsteps, so to speak? I, I say, I say, you know, if let's say you're doing all of the footwork and everything and you see that you're not getting where you feel you should be or need to be, I say do whatever you have to do in submitting your resume and headshot. Get on the Internet right now because that's pretty much what they're asking for, I, I think. You know, get on the Internet, shoot your email, shoot your your um, resume and headshot all over the place and somebody eventually will bite because as long as you got representation, you have a chance to get it in there opposed to you going in there naked. Naked, <laughs> naked meaning not without yeah, representation, not you know. So I was, I would definitely say for those out there who, who are in the business, want to be in the business, but they're not, they don't feel that they're getting the work that they want to get. I feel that, you know, just, just submit it because eventually somebody is going to bite. Just send your resume and headshot, but make sure that whatever agency you're sending them to, check their background, see what they're all about because they got so many out there just because Atlanta right now is such a hot market. Georgia is such a hot market and everything. You know, you got a lot of shysters out there. And they yeah. would say, send me your stuff. And now, now you got to pay me this, you got to pay me that, da-da-da-da-da. No. When they start talking like that, run. <laughs> run. That, that's the, the we, we heard that uh, before uh, with, the, with another guest. But so, so you're co-signing on that. <laughs> any, any place that's saying, hey, I can get you there, just give me the 250 and I will take care of you. Give me $1,500 and I guarantee you next week you're going to be working. Yeah, right. Okay, so those run <laughs> fast. <laughs> run fast. Okay, yeah. so I think that's fair. Not just fair, it's great advice. Yes. So, you know, the rule of thumb is that you should not have to be paying to do this. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, when you work, your agent, first of all, is working for you. They're working for you. So, therefore, when you book and you work, you know, they get paid, you know. It's not the other way around. I'm going to, you pay me, and we're going to see if we can get you in next month, month after next, something like that. But we're going to get you in. We don't know when, but just give us this money. No. Yeah. Run yeah. fast. You be working side by side with Denzel before you know it. I promise you. I guarantee you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. So, no. <laughs> so yeah, they, look, there you go. Nobody, please, please don't be forking out your money at yeah. time. Yeah. You know, at all. I mean, there, there are so many legitimate companies out there, so many legitimate agents out there and everything. So, uh, please. Do your homework, because if you don't do your homework, the only thing you're doing is setting yourself up. You setting yourself up to be used, and they will recognize a green pea. You will stand <laughs> out. You could, you, could be in a, you could be in a bunch of carrots and everything, but that green pea, if you're a green pea and a bunch of carrots, you're going to stand out, and they're going to recognize that. And when they recognize that, you better believe they're going to eat you. Oh, I've not heard that uh, put that way before, 
But uh, it makes a lot of sense. Yes. Because, yes, when the, when the con is on, they know who the marks are. They know. They, <laughs> they, they can say a few things, or you can say a few things. They say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, oh, we got a good one now. We got a good we got a good fish. Reel them on in and clean him. <laughs> yeah, we clean you out all right. Yeah. <laughs> Hang you up by your feet. Just that, like a fish. That's right. Just like that's money right. Drop. And next thing you know, you be on somebody's wall. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's, we, it's, we, we need some positives. Talk about your, your movie experience. You went from stage to, to small screen to, to big screen to the hate you give, which was, you know, a very politically well, I mean, I shouldn't say political, because that might get a wrong impression, but I know some people understand what I'm saying. It was it was a very political in the sense of being appropriate to what the world was going through and continues to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm trying to see how I can squeeze that 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 movie in a nutshell before you uh, talk about your experience on it. it was that was the uh, not based on the, any one true story, but it was kind of a hybrid of stories that just exist in the world. Mm-hmm. Somebody you know murdered a young lady who's interacting with I guess other people now mm-hmm. realizing that they don't kind of. View that incident in the in the way that she does, and mm-hmm. bringing attention to it. Am I uh, condensing that down pretty fairly? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in working on the hate you give, first of all, I did not. That was one one production I started not to audition for because of. <laughs> well, well, for one, you know, I only you know when they give you the sides. The sides, of course, is a is a section of the script. When they got, when I got the size and everything, I was like, where the rest of the lines? That's it. I'm not auditioning for this. And my agent said, Tony, just go on and do it. You know, I don't know what's, it could be something big. So, all right. So, I auditioned for it, and then I got a call back. So, I went up there for the call back, and I was in, 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 in the room with the, with the um, casting director as well as the director. And uh, before he, um, before I did my callback, he said, um, you know what this is all about? So I got an idea. He said, well, tell me what you think it is. And everything I said was exactly what it was. Now, I only had a couple of sides, but I could kind of feel, had a feeling this is what it was about. He said, well, you know what? You're dead on it. You're right. And so did my audition. And then next thing you know, uh, you know, next day they called me and told me I booked a role. Now, it was only a couple of lines that I suppose I had in one scene, something like that, but it ended up being about four scenes. He added some more stuff to it as I was in it. And in looking at that and looking at the the movie and what it was about, because of course it came out and it really came out at an appropriate time considering all what's going on, yeah. what was going on then as well as what's going on right now yes. and everything. Uh, that right there, you know, uh, was a was was a movie that, that of course um, everybody should see. And not only see, but they should really see, you know, because a lot of times we can look at things and not look at things. We can be staring at something and somebody say, well, what is that? It's like, what is what? You know, (laughs) you know, not even, you know, you're looking in that direction, but you're not really comprehending on what's there. Uh, With that movie right there, it was such an educational movie. It was a movie that a game where people needed to take 
take take focus on really focus in on what's going on, how it's going on, what we need to do to change as well as how we condition our mind. Because if we don't condition our mind in the right direction, you know, we, the black race, will be extinct. We have got to make sure no matter what it is we're doing, we're doing something to escalate each other. You know, knowledge. If you remember in the movie um, uh, where... um, the father was talking to the daughter and saying, you know, if you're ever stopped and da, 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 put your hands up here on the dashboard and so forth and so on. Educating them to things, schooling them on the things that should take place, you know, should they get stopped, should the police stop them and everything, you know. And in doing that, and that's, again, that's it, that was an educational movie because that's one thing that we should take away. We should educate our kids on a daily basis so they won't be, uh, a statistic yeah. because you know there are so many of our kids you know all kids but the black race especially where we're I mean these young men is very seldom a lot of them will grow up to be a grown man because of their attitude and also the things they have they have not been taught as well as not having a positive uh, a male role model in their life you know yeah yeah, it's unfortunate, but uh, true. And that movie touched a lot of that. It, it really did. That's why I say it was. It definitely came out in the time it needed to come out. When they told me it was, because it was actually scheduled to come out uh, uh, a whole lot sooner than it did. But when it came out, it was definitely the appropriate time. You know, considering all that was happening, Black Lives Matter, and all these kids getting killed, and you know, uh, police jumping down on, on you know, uh, on us. You know, uh, so it was. It was. It was definitely the timing was right. Yeah, you know that that seemed to be something that I mean, just for movies in general, not that particular one. Mm-hmm. Timing, mm-hmm. having to have the movie or TV show mm-hmm. produced and or released mm-hmm. at a point in time where the the world is ready to. Take that, accept mm-hmm. it, watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, because there, there's been many of them that have been released that have been great that just kind of, you know, wrong time for it. Yep, yep. So, you know, timing is everything. We have to make sure no matter what it is, uh, what movie we're making, what is the message in this movie? What is the message? What am I supposed to walk away with? You know, am I supposed to walk away with something whereas I can actually regurgitate onto others or am I to just get this and keep it to myself, hoard this, you know? What am I going to do from the message that was projected in this particular production? What's more important to you than the, the uh, art within the movie or just the movie? It has to be a message. It has, a- it has to be a message. If I'm... If I'm working, let's say, if I'm working, and if it's something I don't believe in that I can actually um, guide somebody or bless somebody with something I've said or something somebody else said in the production and everything, then I feel that all the work that I'm doing in this production is for naught. So I have, there has to be, it has to mean something. Give me an example. I'm getting ready to do a, um, a movie um end of this month that's very, I'm not going to, Talk about that one, but don't, don't, don't give out no yeah, names. But it's but it's 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 going to be it's definitely going to be something that's going to be eye opening. It's going to be something that uh, some people will be able to relate to. 
then it will get, get uh, also uh, something that people will be able to think about. Think about where they are, where they need to be, and eventually where they end up. So it's it's uh, it's going to be deep. All right. Now, when that happens, you got to pop back by and at least bring the trailer. No doubt. Something we can look. Well, when, when the gag order's off, you can be able to say, all right, now here's the movie that I was talking about. This was about blah, 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 blah. No doubt. So, you no know, doubt. You, gotta, you have to do that. Are you ready for your, your randoms, random questions? I'll take that as a yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am, sir. So, yes. It, you know, you got, you got to give me the, the confident kernel. You're supposed to be, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. All right, so now we just talked about movies and, and, and uh, art versus just the movie. Your opinion of what's the difference between a movie star and an actor? A movie star is one that gathers, gathers the glory, the glitz, and the whole nine yards. You know, the, I want the paparazzis to be in my eye, my face. I want the, everybody to be around me at all times and everything because why? I'm famous. Mm-hmm. An sure. actor... Is 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 moving with their heart. It's moving with their 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 mind. They're they're uh, they're they're showing their whatever whatever it is they're doing. I'll give an example. Denzel is an actor. Yes, he is. Hey. He's an actor and he's famous. He's an actor. Now I can call some names that are just movie stars, but I'm not going to do that. But I can say this much here. <laughs> Denzel, Denzel, call one. Nah. Not, no, leave that to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, but somebody, somebody that that can actually educate people on not only just the things of their profession, but they can edu- educate people on life itself. Because people that are, let's say, an actor, somebody that knows their craft and everything, you're going to recognize them through their body language. You're going to recognize them through not only their characters, but the things that they speak in uh, on a normal basis. You know. As a person, you know, because you got so many people, you know, I'm an actor and I'm going to show you I'm an actor, you know. No, no, you don't have to show me that, you know, you know, only the proofs in the pudding. An actor is somebody that's that's believable, somebody that's loved, somebody that's lovable, somebody that doesn't mind going the extra yard to say, I will help you and I will show you how to develop this I will just show you how to develop this character here, you know, but I want you to make sure you know that this is not, I'm not doing this so you can be famous. I'm doing this because this is something that you need, just like a doctor. When a doctor goes to school to become a doctor, they're giving them all the information, the tools that they need to become a doctor, not to just to be famous, but to become a doctor. So in other words, believing in what they're doing, you know, that I feel is a true actor that that can say, I I am somebody that somebody can actually come to and say, hey, look, I can feed you when you need to be fed and I'm going to give you good food, you know. OK, so I hope I answered that. You, you, did, you, did, you didn't want to give up no, uh, no, no, no movie star. No. You gave the actor. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, I guess, as a, a uh, an actor can transition to be a movie star, and, and uh, well, yeah, in yeah. some cases, vice versa. The movie star can transition to be an actor. Eddie Murphy was a movie star. Yeah, but know, the thing initially. about it, but the thing about it is, I mean, you know, you know, 
you got people that 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 are so they're so focused on being a movie star opposed to sticking true to their crap because when you're sticking to your crap you're doing what you're doing all of that is going to come you're going to be in the public side anyway so you don't have to just you know throw a light out a hold a light in your hand and say I'm a movie star you know it, it comes with the territory all right can great acting overcome bad dialogue oh yeah oh yeah can can <laughs> I, I have a saying that I go, you know, I, I have to ask that because, you know, the, the saying is, you know, great writing cannot overcome bad acting, right. but great acting could overcome bad dialogue. There have been so many scripts that have been written and you wonder how this person pulled it off, <laughs> but it pulled it off because of their abilities. Uh, you can get something, you can get, uh, let's say, okay, this, this, the line, the lines are, you know, I'm thinking out loud while I'm eating this peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Uh, this is ridiculous. So how are you going to deliver that? Da, 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 da. It's like, wow, now he really did a great job on that. You can get a good actor and can turn around some bad dialogue, some bad writing and everything. But, you know, it, it can be good, it can be bad, it can be hard, it can be not so hard. But at the same time, too, you know, it takes a very talented person to do that, you know, because not everybody can do that because you got a lot of bad bad uh, writers out there as well as you got a bad, a lot of um, good writers. But, you know, but you got a lot of people who can actually get something and turn it into something bad and turn it into something good. They can. I, I've that, seen it. That, that might be an experiment to try one day. Oh, I've to seen try it. Try to, to, to get just a, a, I've a seen subpar it. script. I won't say it bad. We'll find somebody who's got a script that needs a lot of polishing and get some great actors, some great cinematographers, and great great people elsewise and see if you can turn this into something good. That, that might be a, I, a fun project. I remember right. a friend of mine, she um, she would do this. If she went to, let's say, see one of our colleagues perform on stage or something like that, and if she disagreed with it, um, be it the acting or the uh, storyline or the writing and everything, and would they come and ask her, so, so what did you think? Her answer would always be, oh yeah, you were on that stage. <laughs> you were saying those words, you know? but uh, did I agree with it? No. Did I like it? No. Could it be rewritten? Yes. Could you have fine-tuned some things? Yes. You know. So I mean, you know, it it happens. It happens. I've seen some some not so good scripts. I really have, and, and it's like. So what were you thinking? You know, thinking that or were or were you thinking? No, yeah, you <laughs> thinking know? this is the most brilliant thing that was written, and I don't need yeah. to do a second or third rewrite. That's what it was thinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm talking to anybody in particular. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so just yeah. Just, well, you know, just FYI. Oh yeah. Uh, another question I like to ask acting friends. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I have the theory that every actor has what I call the unloved child. Mm -hmm. That one piece of work that they did that is like, man, this was really good. We, we, 
I, I acted, I was at a 10 here, and this was going, the story was great, and blah, blah, blah. But for whatever reasons, the world just didn't see it or gravitate to it. Tony Mon, do you have your career unloved child? Hmm. Yeah, that's a hard one right there. That's why I like the question. Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> You know, because, you know, again, the bulk of my career, you know, has been theater. Um, so, therefore, um, hmm, that's a hard one. Um, Should we tweak that a little bit to include the theater? Like, maybe okay. there was a play that you was a part of, but for whatever, and you believed in it, but for whatever reason, it just didn't. Didn't make it. Didn't, yeah, didn't attach itself to the masses, or, you know. I mean, because that happens. There are a lot of good okay, movies and movies that just, for whatever reason, just never found his audience. I uh, did this uh, TV show uh, a couple of years ago um, that was on the OWN Network. Mm -hmm. And it was, I thought, was a good show. Unfortunately, only lasted one season. Uh, it was, uh, and I was, I was actually only booked to do two episodes, but I ended up doing, I think I did, seven or eight episodes I got, got killed in it mm -hmm. but uh and it was <laughs> it was a, it was a sh and, I, and I thought that it it should have you know grown some serious legs uh and that show was called ambitions did you ever see that show ambitions robin gibbons, robin gibbons right robin gibbons pl actually played my daughter-in-law and brian white played my my oh, son okay yeah brian was the mayor of atlanta and uh and i was the patriarch of the family and everything. Uh, I felt that uh, I was disappointed uh, that uh, the show didn't go as, you know, beyond one season because um, I thought it was a good show. Uh, the ratings were good. Uh, the audience, I mean, we had some serious followers and everything, but unfortunately it didn't make it. It didn't make it. So I was, I was disappointed in that, even though I got killed off, off the show, uh, uh, but I told I told Jamie the uh, the uh, creator of the show. I said, "See that? See what you get for killing me? <laughs> see what you get? You see what happened? I curse you! Know. you. I curse <laughs> you, you in this entire production. You You'll know. never see the light of day since you <laughs> killed my guy off." But 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 that show I feel should have made it because I I really enjoyed that show and we had a serious following. Um, but uh, but you know it, it, it didn't make it. Was there any official reasons that they that nobody, were given? Just nobody I mean, know. TV's tough, just another so Nobody know. Nobody know. I think Robin put it on Facebook. I mean, on uh, Instagram or something like that. That the show had been canceled. She didn't even know it. Ow. So I mean, you never know, man. In this business, you never know from one day to the next whether you're going to be working or you're not. You know, you know, because I know when I did uh, Women of the Movement, I was only booked to do two episodes. You know, second episode and episode three, and that ended up being uh, they did six episodes, and I ended up doing five out of six. So you just never know. You never know. You know. Oh wow! I mean, yeah, that's great. Five out of, five out of six episodes. Yeah. Uh, give me a talent that the general public is unaware that you have. A talent that the general public is unaware that I have. Yes. Uh, well, my talent is that uh, I have a gourmet popcorn business. Gourmet popcorn, you say? 
talking about the Colonel's goes pop. The Colonel goes pop. It's excellent. See, see how I just picked up on that? Yeah, yeah. Right back into the, the show sponsor, the Colonel goes pop. Funny how that appeared. Yeah. <laughs> Out of nowhere. But that's one of them. That's, that's one of them. But, but also, too, that um, I'm a God-fearing man. I love my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you know, and I know that he orders my steps and a lot of people, especially if they don't know you personally, they don't know that. They only assume that you're one way and they look at your character and say, okay, that's the colonel, blah, blah, this, and so on and so on, but he has a lot of fun, out of this, he goes there, blah, blah. But no, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather, and I'm a great-grandfather. Wow. And so, um, yeah, so so that's one of, that's, those are the few things that the, public don't know about me and of course if they google me they will know you know well they're but, gonna know it now they're gonna know it now. All, and, and i'm gonna have the links down at the bottom yeah. to, to check you out the instagram yeah. uh, the website speaking of that since i'm already saying it you know you might as well gotta do, so your social media your website your, your popcorn please address these things so they know where to find you and your product and if they want to i, I use do you still take independent bookings, or is everything directly through agency? No, I take independent bookings. Okay, yes. so so mm-hmm. they so if they want to get you for talent. Mm-hmm. If they want to see what you're doing socially, mm-hmm. if they want some of your gourmet popcorn, please drop these things so that they know where they're getting it from. Your Good social deal. media website, so on. Good deal. Well, I am on Instagram, you know, um, and my. Just look for Tony Vaughn on Instagram. My daughter's the one that, that actually created the page and everything. So, but uh, as far as the popcorn is concerned, my my uh, company is called The Colonel Goes Pop, and that's K-E-R-N-E-L. The Colonel Goes Pop uh, um, Gourmet Popcorn. That's, uh, you go to Colonel Goes Pop, the Colonel Goes Pop, uh, dot com. And that way you can pull up my website. You pull up my website and it shows all the various flavors that I have and also how we can actually get it to you. Uh, and also, too, let me, uh, you know, I'm kind of switching gears for just a minute because I forgot to bring this one up. Uh, I also uh, am involved in um, an organization called UMEB. And UMEB stands for United Men Empowering Brotherhood. And our organization, what we do is we basically, we target the DAV, Disabled American Veterans, we target the homeless veterans, we target displaced families, and we mentor young men. As a matter of fact, we partner with so many uh, organizations. Matter of fact, uh, about three weeks ago, we partnered with um, the Cap County Police Department. Uh, they have a special unit where they uh, do the same thing we do. They're out in the communities, and when they're, presence, when they're present in the communities, they, uh, the, the public know from the, the colors that they wear uh, that, um, you know, this is a special unit. So they're, they're mentoring young men to try to keep these young men out of jail because, you know, we got so many of our brothers that are filling up these jails. They go in, you know, as, you know, maybe have been just a petty crime, but they come out with so much knowledge of what they've learned in jail. And eventually those doors become revolving doors. So what we're trying to do right now, we're trying to make sure with UMEB, we're trying to make sure that these young men don't become criminal uh, or career criminals, uh, but become somebody that would be a plus in society opposed to a negative 
or somebody that have uh, uh, expired, you know, when they could have had a chance to actually go to a further, you know, a higher level. So that's UMEB, and, and that website is UMEB.org. And again, that UMEB stands for United Men Empowering Brotherhood. And if you go to that website, you'll be able to see the various things that we've done, the various things that we are doing, and the various things to come. Um, you know, we uh, around Thanksgiving, we fed about 125 families, you know, with turkeys, hens, uh, all the size, just the whole nine yards, from, you know, the clothes we give away. And, and just, you know, just, and, and we're 501c3. We are a nonprofit organization. And so, and we're always looking for good brothers, brothers that want, that mirror us, brothers that want to make a change in life. And the brothers that we have in our organization, they're uh, from, from uh, mid-20s to uh, mid-70s. You know, we have uh, uh, retirees from all branches of the service. We have uh, actors, producers, directors. We have business owners. We have doctors. We have so many. And I started this uh, along with a couple of other brothers started this uh, uh, almost five years ago. We're still young, but at the same time, too, we're, we're gaining a lot of ground because a lot of people are hearing about us, and therefore, you know, we're 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 forming a relationship. You know, we're, we're merging. We're you know we're partnering with so many organizations, and and it's just a wonderful thing. So I definitely want to throw that out there because we're definitely looking for young men, uh, men. Period that want to make a change, that know that, that they're sick and tired of being sick and tired of how things are going, how things, how this world is turning. And because we've got so many young men who are not, who are not growing up in a, or who are growing up in a household where there's no positive male figure there. So therefore, if there's no positive male figure there, they turn to the street and they get the love from the street or so they feel. You know, because if you don't, if you're somebody giving you something you're not used to, you take it. It's just like if you're hungry and so, and, and you know you're hungry, somebody put a plate of food in front of you and you know you're famished, you're going to eat. You're going to eat. So that's our thing right there. We want to make sure whomever we're talking to, whoever, we, whomever we're mentoring, you know, we want to make sure they go to straight and narrow because we got too many brothers who are expiring at an early age. We got too many brothers who are are turning into career criminals, you know, and so we just want to make sure, and that's what UMEB is all about. So if you hear my voice, you see me, you know, you can always go to our website, umeb.org, and you'll be able to sign up if you're interested uh, because it's definitely something that uh, is needed in the community, and we can definitely need some positive, use some positive brothers who are willing to make a change. <laughs> Right. And we have to finish off on this because you widely know. We know we, we've already covered the ground that you have a lot on your resume, but you're widely known for being a part of a TV show that has a, a massive following and whatnot. But we haven't asked what show the Colonel, aka Tony Vaughn, grew up liking. What show when you were. Yeah, let, let, let's go back to this teen years or whatever. How do you want to do it? Name a TV show that you just, I got to go home and say, I love this show. It inspires me. Love this guy. <laughs> yeah, give, give, me a, give me a show. Oh, God, really? Yes, yeah. really. 
You really want to know? I really want to know. Andy Griffin. A Andy Griffith. I used to like Andy and Opie and, and, and Barney and Goober. Yeah, I'm saying. Floyd. Andy. Yeah, Floyd the Bomber. Bobby yeah, Floyd the Bomber. I used to, I used to, I, I, I really liked Andy Griffin. I used to love that show. Yeah, I really I, did. Have just given you something that you didn't know about this man. He's like Andy Griffin, <laughs> and don't be getting no Andy because that's actually it's a good show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh you yeah. Know? And it has all the hallmarks and things that we talked about. People who started off doing one thing on that show. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Didn't necessarily last. So you know, you, you want some some homework to, to go back on? Go back and find the Danny Thomas show. Danny Thomas show. Was it Danny? Did he, was the title of the Danny Thomas show? Was it make room for that? I said the Danny Thomas show. Yeah. That's yeah. the first introduction of Andy Taylor mm -hmm. the character, which I think he saw from the play No Room for Sergeants mm -hmm. that got him mm -hmm. into this. Mm -hmm. Sound familiar? Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is oh, saw yeah. him in the play. Oh yeah. Got that transition got him over to this role, mm -hmm. and he did. Just one episode. Mm -hmm. Again, sound familiar? Yep. Yes. yep. And that, they liked him so much that, hey, we, we'll, uh, we can make a show about this. That's right. That's this right. Guy. You just never know. <laughs> you, you never know. And, and you see how all that started wrote back around. The show that you like gave you the template of your career. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta put it back around. Yeah, and there it goes. So the good show it, it is reflective of what you've done. Some people went in there, and you know you, you never know. And and, he, and as a side note, even show love to some of the people you know because Floyd, I think he had a stroke while he was on that show. Oh really? He did. Now, look, if you go back and look at those late episodes, he's never standing up. Yeah, he's always hey Andy, you know, kind yeah. of like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah wow, he, he ne wow. He never, I never knew that. They kept him on the show after he had the stroke. Wow, that's great. That's great. I never knew that. See? Wow. Mr. Green knows some things about some old TV. <laughs> now, you ask me about something that's coming on right now. I might not be able to help you, but old school TV. Yes, indeed. Mr. Devon, now, this is what I'm going to ask you before you, uh, now, this is something you can't answer, of course, but you just told me that you was in the midst of doing a, a project. I am going to ask that when that's done, you come back had the, the trailer for said project, uh, perhaps cast, and we can sit down and talk about that thing and, you know, get just get the word out amongst the people. Most definitely. You know, and I think that might be a, a fun little thing to do to talk about because I'm interested to see what role you're playing now. You seem to jump from one thing to the next. People know you as the colonel, but they don't know that you've Got range. You've been all over the place. Yeah, I have. So that, that's what we want to see. We want, I want to see the range of this new thing, whatever it may be. I'll leave it at that because I know you can't, you're can't. you not allowed to talk about it at this point. Is that something that you think that you might be able to make happen? Um, yeah, I can make it happen. I can make it happen. And with that, folks. And also, too. You know, well, well, I'm not scared. No, I was going. No, you 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 was talking about range. You know, uh, so many of my characters that I played, um, television as well as theater, you know, have been older, much older characters. You know, you know, I, I did the stage production of Driving Miss Daisy three times. Ah. You know, uh, with 
three different cast members and everything. So I love playing older characters. Uh, you know, so uh, I don't that, know what that just came. Is that going to be in the vein of what you're doing in this thing? I, I it, mean, it, it, I'm it, trying it, to dance around getting specific. Age wise, age wise, age wise, it will be okay. But physical, it will not be. Uh, when is this? Uh, when are y'all doing this thing? We start shooting the end of this month. Okay, so all right, as as we are recording now, end of the month, so. I'm gonna keep my ears open <laughs> to see what that is because I, I want to know now. I yes. want to know what, the, what that is. Yes. And yes. with that, I think that we can move out of this. I, I want to thank you for your time and coming well, thank in you. and sharing your experiences because again, I do think it's very important that you know some of these hopefuls out here in the world know that it ain't easy, but it can be done. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, that, and I think that's the. That's the thing that I got from you, that the road wasn't necessarily easy at all points, but it can be done. That's right. So, you know, you got to stay the course. And, you know, we may have to have a, a Tony Vaughn master class. I have to write a little curriculum out or something <laughs> like that. So you've gotten the information, Mr. Vaughn. I'm hoping that all information will not only be heard or seen on the screen, but available in the comments, depending on where and how you're listening to this. You better get that one way or the other. But the point is, is that you got the information here and you'll continue to get more information from professionals because this is the professional of the week for the Tales of the Grip podcast. Mm. Mr. Tony Vaughn, a.k.a. the Colonel, not to be confused with the Colonel's popcorn from the Colonel Goes Pop. Say that three times fast. <laughs> this has been Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green on the Tales of the Grill podcast. You can catch it on the Think Out Loud network. Go to thinkingoutloud.com. You can follow us on IG, Tales of the Grill podcast. You can see me do random stuff if you look at that. Look at that. There you go. Hey. When was Press the Network? I used to do that sometime too. So and then that's just a quick little uh, side plug for me. You can also catch Mr. Wade and his Various podcasts and performances. Can we get the disembodied voice? Uh, find all at Wayward Studio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep getting the disembodied. I just, I just like doing that. And also for for Mr. Wade because I told him I was gonna do this. I forgot to do it last time, but I'm remember to do it now. Queen Latifah, we are waiting for you. This is Mr. Green saying. So long, folks. Catch us on the next show. And if remember this last line, when you're making yourself a movie, you got to remember to get yourself a grip. So long, folks. You're listening to the Tales from the Grip podcast. podcast. If you're going to make a movie, then you need to get a grip. You need to get a grip.